0: Happy New Year. Metal Mike here with Ryan, and we go over our rock and metal wish list for 2023 for albums, tours, and reunions we'd like to see. Some of them are a little far-fetched, but I think some might happen. Check it out. Well, Ryan, Happy New Year, man. How you doing? Hey, Happy New
1: Year, Mike. I appreciate it. I'm doing great, man. How are you?
0: Good, man. I'm excited. First episode of the 80s Glam metal Cast, 2023 this is the year, man, the year of the Metalcast.
1: Yeah, dude, I agree. It's going to take off.
0: It's going to take off. This is the year that Sirius is just going to come knocking on my door, asking for a show, uh, and I'll, I'll be ready for him.
1: Oh, dude, they would, be, uh, they would be honored to have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I thought it would be perfect for 2023 to kind of put together maybe our wish list, some things that we'd like to see happen, um they could be far-fetched maybe there's no way in hell that these things will ever happen uh i know i've got a few on mine that could go either way there's they might not happen but they could possibly happen so we'll see uh how about your list you got some crazy ones or is it all pretty uh cut and dry oh
1: man i think there's some crazy stuff too a little bit of wish list a little bit of potential so yeah man this is a cool one i like it it's perfect for the new year um yes i got no order to mine as well it's just kind of stuff that would be really awesome so yeah i didn't rank it uh 1 to 12 per se but
0: it's 12 of them nice nice well man all right without hesitation let's jump in what's your number 12 wish for your rock and metal wish for 2023
1: all right cool well the first thing's first it'd be really cool to have a sunset strip no name tour so uh that that would be something like you know uh a Lancia, a Paradise, a uh, well, kind of like tough and pretty boy Floyd to headline to yeah. kind of get a little bit of name in there. You know, <laughs> <I> those <thought laughs> two guys would be perfect for that. But um, you know, get those bands in there that really were awesome and killer, the Blackboard Jungles, etc., cetera. Et cetera. Mm. There's so many out there that were so killer back in the day that you find regroup once in a while um but have like at least a pretty boy floyd or a tough in there just to get some kind of headliner name to attract some more fans but dude i'm telling you man these guys are fairly young still they still got it in their pockets they had successful sunset strip careers and albums back in the day and it would just be so awesome to see them kind of group up one more time and go out in 2023 with a decent name but more so just a bunch of no names and just kill it i think that'd be
0: just awesome nice i like it man and you know there i mean a lot come to mind i think pretty boy floyd and uh and tough would be good headliners you know it would be a nice one is um juliette throw them on there oh dude
1: <laughs> oh i would i would pay whatever it takes to solely see Juliet. <laughs> that that album is amazing and uh it it throws you off because of the name Mm -hmm. because the the cover but then you see you hear the the disc, and you're like holy moly this guy's ripped so i'm right there with you perfect (laughs) position
0: you name it and those guys will be there all right i'm gonna just throw a disclaimer that a lot of mine are albums i'm wishing for a lot of albums in 2023 and i think this one that i'm going to present is very feasible
1: You
0: take and that's Pretty Boy Floyd new album. Because I want to say, a couple years ago, when I talked to Christy Majors, he said, the, whole, the Pretty Boy Floyd album is done. Steve just has to do his vocals. So, I mean, I feel like this thing should be ready to go. And I thought the Public Enemies album had a lot of cool songs. I'd like to see where they're at today. So I'm kind of hoping for that, uh, that new Pretty Boy Floyd album to surface this year.
1: It seems like Steve Summers has the energy to do that, and he's got the creativity and the faith to the scene, Mm -hmm. the old scene, to do that. I don't think that's too far-fetched at all. I think it'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So that's just, some, you know, nothing too crazy to start off with. <laughs> I'm just starting off mild. Oh, uh, but I'm hoping that Pretty Boy Floyd new album surfaces in 2023.
1: So. It's a sign. Both number 12s have to do with Pretty Boy Floyd.
0: I think it's got to happen now. <laughs> oh, we're off to a real good start. All right. What's your 11? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. 11. Uh, yesterday evening I got some pretty bad news about poor old Stevie James from Tiger Tails. Yes! I'm not sure if you heard about that. I did. He had a stroke on December 23rd so this this has to do with him and this obviously this list was um, compiled prior to hearing that news so I whipped him the best and a quick recovery um, but what I had was a Tiger Tails both Kim Hooker and Stevie James reunion tour Ooh. and a lot of mine actually had to do with um performing live um but i think it'd be great uh, both singers have such a strong fan base i love both albums i do favor berserk with kim hooker but i um you know listening to a lot of the jay pepper interviews he just kind of almost had it a little bit with touring just because it's it's not very lucrative and especially making an album not very lucrative but I feel like if they did put together an originals tour with the two original singers, then it would be financially successful and the fans would really love it. And, and I, of course, I love the first two albums, as many fans do. So I think that would be awesome. I think it's feasible too.
0: Yeah, I'm right with you on that one. Oh yes, definitely. Everybody, you know, say a prayer for Stevie. I did message him the other day and just told him that I was thinking about him and I was be praying for him. And he gave me a thumbs up back. So I mean, so he's he's he must be doing okay. But I'm sure I'm sure. You know, once again, he's a fighter. He's a tough. He's a tough dude. He'll get through this, no problem. And he'll be rocking out again soon. And he he rocked out um, a few months back. I want to say it was in October. He did a show. I, I'm not sh- obviously it was it was in England. I wasn't able to attend, but um, <laughs> it I sounds like it went off pretty good. So he, you know, hopefully he kind of gets back out there and and does some stuff. Yeah, man, come on, a double bill or not a double bill, but a bill with both those dudes on it. That'd be so cool. Uh, probably won't ever happen because there's, uh, yeah. there's like a lot of bad blood. I think there's a lot of bad blood, really, between both uh, Kim Hooker and Tiger Tales and uh, and uh, Stevie James and Tiger Tales. Tiger Tales got a new singer. I think he sounds pretty good. So they're kind of going to be doing yeah. their own thing. So good for them. Uh, but, yeah, man, I like, you know me. Come on, Tiger Tales? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it
1: totally is. And then another one where, um, was it just, but they're called Berserk 2.0. The one they released with Tim Hooker? Yeah. Um, that song, Do It Up. That album. I mean, that that was quality stuff, man. Like if they could recreate some of the old magic, they did it on that album. They could do it live. You know, just put that shit aside, dude. I, I think it, I think it'd be successful. But yeah, big time wish list there, right?
0: <laughs> no, I like I like that one. That's an awesome one. I think this one will be no surprise. Uh, number 11, so as I've mentioned on the podcast, and I've, I've probably most people know if you follow either of these two folks on um, Instagram or, or fo- social media, you know that Michelangelo from Nitro is now the guitarist in Manowar, and I oh, think yeah. that, you know, it's cool. They're going to be doing some shows, and, and that's all fine and dandy. Once again, it's probably not going to come to America, so we'll just have to watch it on YouTube, but... I'd like to see what these guys could do in the studio. So I'm kind of hoping for a Manowar album with uh, Michelangelo on there. I don't think that's very far-fetched. Joey DiMaio has been sending out some images of him working on some new studio stuff. So I think think this definitely is going to happen. If it will happen in 23, I don't know. But here's the little odd part that I'm going to throw on there that will never probably happen. But, man, could you imagine if if for one track we could get a duet with Eric Adams and Jim Gillot. Who's with me? <laughs> oh,
1: dude. That's, that's some good stuff. See, this is what wish lists are all about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean of course I know I know I could get the Michelangelo and Manworth. I know that's probably gonna come at some point, but man, if we could just get one track, get a scream fest with, with Adams and Gillot, I'd be a happy guy.
1: Dude, Michelangelo seems to be the perfect fit, especially to get back to the roots of what people really love about Manworth because yeah. that dude He's like a Steve Stevens. You look at him in, in 2023, and you look at him in 1993, and you're like, <laughs> what? Pretty much same clothes, same
0: hair. Yeah. <laughs> you don't <laughs> like, look much different, man. No, Those do. Those guys are just very true to form. And another thing, this is just a wish for Michelangelo, for, for him personally. I hope they make him some kind of insane dual guitar that's like an axe. What about if one was an axe and one was a sword or something, And he could and he could play guitar on the two guitars or something like that? Or do four you know do that four guitar thing and and have some of them be axes and maces and and swords i mean that'd be the most kick-ass metal thing that ever existed so that's just another side thing (laughs) oh dude that's that's awesome that's a good idea and i just thought of that on the spot right now that one so i like it all right number 10 all right number 10 this
1: one's gonna throw you dude Let, let me explain A Def Leppard Duran Duran tour package. Ooh.
0: No, I'm already in. I'm, I'm already liking it. Okay.
1: For some reason, it's going to piss a lot of the real hardcore Def Leppard fans off. <laughs> but just, just hear me out. They're both the darlings of Britain in their total haircut 80s. Yep. And I'm saying, I, I'm thinking of more like the Princess Di era of like Duran Duran being just humongous there and Def Leopard being humongous, especially talking Pyromania and Rio Phase for those two bands, but yep. I know it sounds weird, but Duran Duran actually kind of rips on their instrumentation. I know they're obviously on the opposite end of Def Leopard for the most part. There's a lot of pop crossover, but for the most part, Death Leopard's hard rock and their new wave pop. But I think especially if you did that overseas, it would probably be huge. And now I understand Def Leppard's already booked up, yep. but dude, it sounds weird, I know, but to me, it's just always been like a cool like mix of the darlings of Great Britain and their success and their songs, and I think it would make them both kind of rise to the occasion of like appealing to the fans. Yep. So it sounds weird, I've always thought about it, but I saw Duran Duran live once, and I've seen Def Leppard countless times, and I was very, very impressed with Duran Duran.
0: And um, I think it'd actually be kind of a weird, random fit. Yeah, I'm totally on board with it. I like Duran Duran. As you know, I'm not a huge Death Leopard fan, but, you know, I would definitely consider going to see Death Leopard. And if, if you had Duran Duran on there. Speaking of Duran Duran, <clears throat> excuse me, they just played the um, uh, New Year's Eve show on TV. Uh, Ryan Seacrest, New Year's Eve or whatever. So they just played, and they sounded great. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think, yeah, totally could picture it as kind of, they're building up some momentum. Uh, one weird thing was, is their keyboardist, Nick Rhodes, Rhodes kind of looked like the Joker. He had, he kind of had the Joker, the Joker suit on, like the, the purple suit with the green, the purple, um, dress suit with the green shirt underneath. He kind of looked like the Joker, but I kind of was digging it. I was, I was, I'm a big Batman fan, so that stood out to me. But anyways, yeah, man, I think that sounds cool. I think it'd be successful.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know, It's kind of weird, but I think it might work. <laughs> All right, so I got a little bit of a one that's probably never going to happen. But... That's okay. I think Vito Brada. All right, here we go. Vito Brada. Um, dude, okay. Gotta come out of hiding. You know, I, I know he did like a Guitar World interview uh, last year. I, I didn't read it, but it seems like he got a little bit of press for that. And I think everybody just wants to hear this dude play one more time. Be cool if he did like a. Something with Mike Tramp of kind of like where they are today. You know, not necessarily doing something exactly like White Lion, but maybe a little more mature uh, of a style. That's what Mike Tramp seems to gravitate to now. But um, even if he played a one-off on somebody's album, like he just did a solo or something, I just think this guy needs to do one more thing. Uh, just to put one more thing out there. That, that's just my opinion. Love to see Vito Brata just do something. I don't even care what he does.
1: So, I know you're not going to believe me, but my number nine literally says, I'm looking at it right now, Vito Brada makes a comeback in any form.
0: <laughs> Great minds, I'm man. Not kidding Great minds I'm not think alike. <laughs> I am not kidding you. That's
1: amazing that you have that there. And I totally agree. And I did read that interview, and it sounds like he went through a little bit of a rough patch, but he's kind of coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But, dude. He was like the second coming of Eddie Van Halen. And it was. I know he kind of was probably sick, sick of that comparison, but, I mean, obviously that's an enormous compliment to him. So, I don't know, man. It, I I would just absolutely adore seeing him and Mike Tramp come back. And I don't give a crap if it's with a, a sit-down acoustic tour yeah. or a, a full white lion. I don't know. It, it would just be awesome. Like I said, in any form, that guy needs to come back to life.
0: Well, my number nine can kind of piggyback off this one, because there was another guy that was in hiding for many, 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 many years, and he came out of hiding. So so Vito can do it, and I'm talking about Vinnie Vincent. So Vinnie Vincent was incognito for like friggin' I don't, I don't know, it was almost 20 years, I think. Nobody you know heard anything from this guy except for when he like i don't know that shit went down where he got arrested whatever i'm not gonna get into that but there was really nothing like it was a real he was a real enigma and in 2018 he kind of came back out and he said i got all this material and i i play guitar eight hours a day and blah 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 blah, and nothing you know we're, we're 2023 we got nothing been a couple pictures and posts right. on Facebook that said there's going to be a new Vinnie Vincent Invasion album, um, people saying it sounds great, but it's a big mystery, You know, and that's always what it's been with this guy. Nobody knows who the members are, uh, nobody knows, is this old stuff just re-recorded, is it a remixed old stuff? What is this? So, so he's been working on something for a while, and I'm ready to hear it. I want to see if Vinnie Vincent still has it, if he wrote some gems in those 20 years where he was, you know, hiding out and stuff. So, yeah, man, I want to see Vinnie Vincent release some legit, real music on a CD that I can buy or listen to online or whatever it is, but I'm ready for some some new Vinnie Vincent. Oh, I saw
1: that photo of him sitting in the studio with that producer. Right, there you and, go. And, you know, it's exciting... I don't know if I'd buy it. I mean, everything he's done has, has kind of—he's kind of flaked out of most. Well, not most, but half half the things. So it's hard to take. But yep. obviously, I'm on his side, dude. But like, yeah, it's my favorite Kiss album is "Lick It Up," and I love "Vinny Vincent Invasion" with both singers. Yep. So to me, if he released anything, I would be very interested, yep. and I would love to see what 25 years of songwriting would do for someone because you <laughs> better come up with some good stuff about a period of time.
0: Yeah, really. So I'm with, yeah, good, man. Awesome. I'm glad you're with me on that one.
1: Yeah.
0: What, what did you oh, got, yeah. what oh, you got yeah. for, uh, for number eight? Well, great.
1: So, this is kind of a two-parter. You know, um, I want some 80s bands making new albums that are just back to what made you famous. Yeah. And I sound like a broken record, you know, dude? Like, this is a very broad one in, in terms of my, you know, disdain for, new recordings of, or new studio albums from 80s bands, because they're just, they don't ever live up short of a few yeah, things. Yeah. But um, it would just be cool to see them, like, not sell out or not think they need to be so, quote-unquote, hardcore, because it just is, it's, they're trying too hard. Just get back to what made you famous. And the second part of that, some really killer re-records would be nice. And mm. I don't mean that in terms of just, remastering an album or re-recording you know kicks blow my fuse from 1988 in yeah. 2020 right so that you earn the rights back to it when you don't have the chops you did in 88. yep i'm talking about so hear me out so you know the band lion yeah aldrich's band lion he just you know he adores that band that's his baby so if you look at hurricane live 1990 on youtube they're playing in japan and that's when Doug Otters was in Hurricane, he just left Lion. And the very last song of the show, um, they bring out some members of Lion. Mm. And they play the song Power Love by Lion, which is an absolute gem of a melodic rock, just ripper. But I will say this, I enjoy Cal Swan's voice for Lion, but Kelly Hansen absolutely destroys that song. Just in, <laughs> in that my mind so if anybody wants to kind of like feel what i'm putting out here kelly hanson records the first and second lion album <laughs> never gonna
0: happen hey you gotta wish for something yeah. you gotta shoot big man yeah. go go big
1: oh i'm shooting for the stars on that one and what i'm saying is the proof is there dude like kelly hanson's amazing in the first place and you know someone could say screw you The the dude from Lion did it better in the first place, and to each their own. I just happen to think that Kelly Hansen's got a killer voice. Same going with Johnny um, yeah, Johnny Jolie from Hardline, re-recorded the Brunette album. Mm. that was a terrible production, but released. And then, in terms of anyone re-recording Udo's solo albums, please, someone record, any vocalist record Udo's (laughs) solo albums from the 80s, because... The musicianship behind it is amazing, but
0: I just can't Can't deal with the voice. So,
1: you know, it's those re-records and it's those new releases that just need to hark back just to what got you there. So, you know, kind of I kind of rolled two into one, but, you know, they they
0: relate enough where I can make it one. Well, my eight is like oddly kind of similar because it's a band that I want to get back uh, true to form. And, and it's been mentioned in some interviews. I think my buddy Chuck Shu interviewed John Norum, and he expressed a, a feeling that he'd like to do a True to Form Europe album, uh, but I don't know if any of the other bandmates are on board with that. I don't know, but I would like to hear, and you and I have talked about this before, I would like to hear Europe back with a True to Form album. And. If we're going to really just go for crazy stuff, let's just say Dual Guitars, we're going to throw Key Marcello back in there with John Norum. So yeah, give me give me a true album. Those guys are both cool. I I, I like them both, so let's keep those guys together, and uh, let's do a new Europe album.
1: Metal Mike, get out of my head. My number seven is... Europe back with Key and Norm and play a killer set. Is exactly what I said.
0: Oh man. I swear we did not know each other's lists, everybody, I swear. This was not planned.
1: <laughs> no joke, dude, that's exactly what wow. I have. And you know, you took it a step further and you, you said record a great album and I agree obviously that yep. the last few have touched more on the hard rock or kind of like I don't know, Sad Wings of Destiny first album. Harking back type stuff. Oh, it's just too hard, you know? We yeah. Need the, it's just the beginning. Let the good times rock. Yep, Ready or not. Cherokee. We need those songs. Those are hard rock Europe. You know what I mean? Like, yep. those are the songs that we love. We need the talk to me and Halfway to Heaven. So I agree. And even if they started with kind of similar to the Tiger Dales one, Key and, and Norm just getting back and do a, a, a dual guitar tour or, a, yeah. or they, they come out on their separate songs or whatever they want to do. And at the end play together, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I would,
0: but I'm right there with you, dude. That's cool. awesome, man. Awesome. All right. Another one that won't surprise everybody. I, I feel like what I've done with my list is a lot of it. It's all stuff that would appear on my, uh, list of like, you know, every year we talk about music. Like these are all the same people that I talk about all the time. Okay. Um, I want to see for my number seven. I want to see Mike Visera get back with Loudness, okay, but not do it under the name Loudness and record something under the name Soldier, Soldier of Fortune. Now they played Loud Park. I want to say I don't know. I don't know how many years. It was three three years ago, four years ago. They played Loud Park mm-hmm. as Soldier of Fortune with Vissera singing, and they played the majority of the you know on the Prowl and the uh, Soldier of Fortune album. Yeah. So. I think, and that was cool, it wasn't bad, um, but I think it would be better to do a studio recording of some new stuff because Viserra's great. He could really beef up the backgrounds and vocals and everything if he does it in the studio. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just, a, you know, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Soldier of Fortune, and I like On the Prowl as well. So I just would like to see that line up. I think him and uh, Akira are just great together, and I just want to hear them record one more time. So that's my seven. Oh, dude,
1: that, that would be amazing. And kinda of, you know, thanks to you, I have obviously always known Loudness, but I really got back into upon your suggestion. Um and dude, I c I couldn't agree more. That that'd be epic. Uh did you see that they have some shows in the United States with um the I guess the original band? I don't yeah. Know yes. the original guys are, but
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have seen that. Yep. So that'd be cool. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean the Bezerra thing would be killer, of course. But um Anything with that guy's name on it or front in a band is something that I'd sign up for immediately.
0: Yep, definitely. All right, man. Number six. All right. So this one's a little more mellow. This is just uh the streaming. So if we
1: could just get those uh fights with the labels settled, again, major wish list beyond you know, way beyond my job description. <laughs> but the streaming of bands like Keel, House of Lords, Jeff Paris. Crocus, Leatherwolf, Fifth Angel, MSG, Victory, Scorpions, like all these bands that are like, dude, I I miss listening to those albums. I have a, a CD player in my truck, but, you know, how often do I drive my truck back and forth to work? So I get to pop in a Victory CD here and there. But really, it's just so much more convenient in 2023 to stream things. And all these bands have these great albums that people are missing out on. I understand that like like the badlands comparison and the badlands uh
0: interview that you had yeah there's or was it a buddy that you were talking to
1: i think maybe both um badlands had a a potential issue with a record company so they're kind of like stopping them from capitalizing on their their albums and not having them on spotify and apple or whatnot but anyway just the streaming of, of of everything because at this point Face it, people have their phones on at all times. You got earbuds, this and that. You can walk around, streaming things, and I find a lot of great stuff on Spotify. But you know, there's, there's a few stuff for the deep listeners, the big time sound that are you're missing those key albums.
0: Yep. Yeah, you, you hit it on the head. And, and here's the crazy thing about Keel. So, Keel's a perfect example. For the longest time, I want to say every Keel album except for Larger Than Live was on Spotify. So, the other day, right. I was in the mood to listen to my, one of my favorites, Keel 1987. I go to Spotify and I'm like, uh-huh. what, the, what the fuck? <laughs> it's gone. You know what I mean? And I was like, it drove me crazy. So, and then uh, Final Frontier was gone as well. So, I'm like, are you kidding me? So, I, I can listen to it over on YouTube. And I, like I said, I think I had those on cassette. But well, once again, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't have a cassette player in the car anymore. Darn, I just I enjoyed that. But um, yeah, sometimes you're just chilling on on my, I'm chilling on the iPad and I just want to stream something quick. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And here's the thing, man. All right, for Scorpions, all right, that's a little different. They're a bigger group. If they've got some, you know, holes in the, the catalog, that would be, you know, that's kind of surprising. But no offense to like Keel and Leatherwolf. Is there, like, a big battle over these albums? What's, what's the problem? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, who, I mean, I'm sorry. In the scheme of things, who really cares? Like, why can't this be out there? Like, what is the big problem? So, yeah, I don't understand that, but it definitely irritated me. But, yeah, it is what it is. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. And as for The Scorpion, it's just that album, Cure Instinct, from '90s. Six, I
0: think. Oh, that's probably and best. Have it on there. That's probably best if that stays off there. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they really started <laughs> to suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, oh, number six. This one is. I don't know. We'll see. I'll throw it out there and see what everybody thinks. But all right, Michael Kelly Smith. Seems to be active on Facebook. And yes, I'm actively trying to get him on the Metalcast, but he seems to be posting some stuff on Facebook. That's a good sign. So I'd like to see Michael Kelly Smith do something, you know, maybe get something going with Britney Fox. Britney Fox is a strange, a strange creature. Because right now um, Billy Childs is doing his own version of Britney Fox that includes no original members but him. And it feels yeah. like. Johnny D always wants to do something, but he's busy with Doro. I think he's playing with Taiketto right now, so he's got some stuff going on. Michael Kelly, Kelly Smith is kind of like one of those Vito Brada guys, where he's just kind of incognito. And then we got the strange case of Dizzy Dean, which uh, who's pretty much does not want anything to do with Britney Fox. He's completely done with all that stuff. But money talks. Bullshit walks. Maybe something could happen. I don't know how much money there is is out there for a Britney Fox reunion, but hey, man, I'd like to see it. Hey, Tommy Paris, maybe. I know he's he's kind of had his he's kind of sat with some of the Britney Fox stuff, so who knows? But uh, I'd like to see Michael Kelly Smith do something. He's a cool guy, dude.
1: If you can get docking with six figures in some Wisconsin show and make a live album out of it. You can get Brittany Fox out of
0: it,
1: dude. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least these guys can sing and play still. Yeah, I mean, George Lynch can, but yeah. poor gone.
0: Take it over to Japan. But, uh, take it to Japan, man. That's what Ted Poley's like. If, if we ever needed some money, we just take the thing over to Japan. we make some cash. So. Oh, you don't
1: want to play the a subway grand opening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, but The food is probably good, you know. so, Oh, man. What do you got for five?
1: All right. All right, so I got a a deep tracks half of the show with uh, the idols of your choice, and and let me explain here. So you know, you got you got Motley, ACDC, Poison, Europe, Def Leppard. You got these bands that have these albums that
0: are um, they're they're successful, but they're not the hits. Let's just say so. You know, for Motley, you wanna
1: hear like, you know, Louder Than Hell, you wanna hear Knock 'em Dead Kid, you wanna hear Um you know, Don't well no, you wanna hear something on Doctor Feel Good like, like as She Goes Down or you know, etc. etc. A C D C's got the eighties albums they never play. Touch, yeah has yeah. got the flesh and blood stuff I love, you know. Europe, I I saw Europe live like I don't know how long ago was it eight years ago probably and they played like three songs that i thought were killer you know what i mean yeah so in terms of and and joe elliott discussed this years ago he, he talked about it with def Rapper. there's all these fans that are always shouting about play something up the first album play action not words play go Shoot shotgun this and that and he goes dude there's about six people in the crowd that want to hear that you know there's yeah twenty thousand in the crowd that wanna hear pour some sugar on me. So I understand business wise, yep. A C D C and Motley's gotta play the hits. But if you could just do maybe even like a smaller venue in between stadium shows. Yep. Or like Def Leopard did, they had the band Dead Flatbird open for Def Leopard in Vegas when I saw them and they played a bunch of the random songs that people really, really like that are deep big time fans like me. But It's this fun because I was thinking about Motley and ACDC mostly. Like, I love 80s ACDC. You know, Fly on the Wall from 1985 is like my Brian Johnson number one. And I'm in the minority. I understand that. But God, would I love to hear, like, Shake Your Foundations or Fly on the Wall. But 80% of the crowd wouldn't know what it was. So I understand that, but even if there was like some fan interaction where there was messages out there on their Facebooks and Instagrams of, okay, we're going to play the hits, but what are the deep tracks you want to hear? Yep. And people write in and submit their, you know, their Who Made Whos and their Blow Up Your Video albums and songs and this and that. and. They choose a few of those songs, and it makes a few of us really happy. So I would, I would just sum it all up with saying a deep tracks half of the show or separate show, whatever you want to say, just to appease the the diehards like myself.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and every Kiss says the same thing. You know, Paul Stanley will say, "Oh, we we play that." That's when people go take a pee or something. You know, they they say that kind of stuff all the time. So, um, but here's here's the point I want to make about this. You can, they can all say, oh, these fans uh, that are at the show, they just want to hear the hits. They're not, you know, they're not crazy. Not all the fans are diehards. But you've got to show some lip service to the diehards because who's been there the whole time? You know what I mean? Or who's been there for the past yeah. 30 years? Not the, the casual fan that's got the greatest hits, the one that likes to listen to Generation Swine or whatever, that's that's one of somebody who's been with you through thick and thin. You know what I mean? I get it. You don't need to fill your set with Gen Swine and New Tattoo and all that kind of stuff. But nothing, would be no problem to do a quick medley and throw a couple rare ones in just to kind of, you know, break it up and, and do something nice for the fans. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. With you, 100%. Yeah, that's a good idea, just a medley of
1: those. You know, can you imagine Motley going through and just hitting two songs? heard the 80, 80s albums and, ju- and just cranking them out real quick even a half a song and making it like an eight minute part of a set that yep. it would end up being the probably the best part of the show yeah honest, like it'd be freaking killer so I, I agree I, I would I would highly suggest that these bands take a listen to this and, and give it a shot I mean there's some there's some songs out there that are, fantastic
0: but are highly neglected all right my number five this one was wasn't even on my list until yesterday and i had to shuffle some stuff around because i totally just spaced out and forgot about this but oh, yes, I, I was on instagram i saw a post for Chris Caffery from Sabotage. And he had said that, you know, some he got a record mailed to him. I think it was the last Sabotage album, Poets and Mad Men. And you know and he kind of alluded to, oh, it'd be really great if we did another album. And and then I I was I was feeling nostalgic a couple nights back. Maybe it was right when the New Year uh turned over here. And I was listening to some old interviews that I did. And I listened to a lot of the one with John Oliva from Sabotage. And at the end, he's like maybe there's going to be a Savage record. You know, he says at the end, you know, and and that was 2021. And now we're in 2023. So it's like, okay, man, like people keep throwing out these hints. Like, could this happen? I personally think this would be a big seller. And, and here's the thing that I don't really understand anymore is because I think you can make music cheaper than you ever could in the studio. I'm not saying that it, and it, it might not be the exact same quality as that you did in the '90s or the '80s, but I think you could do something pretty decent, you know, on computers and things like that. To manufacture a CD or a record also does not cost that much either. So even if a band like Sabotage or anybody who wanted to get something out there pretty much handled, handled it themselves through their own independent label. I think there's a ton of money to be made on this stuff, especially with crowdfunding. Yeah. And if you um, sold autographed ones and ones with posters, dude, you could make a shitload. So I'm tired, and and not sabotage doesn't say this, but a lot of bands do. There's no money in in music, and we're not going to put it out there. But my counter argument to that will be. Why the hell did you get into music in the first place? Was it just for money? Okay, then you should quit and go, go get involved with the stock market or something. Uh, not that there's that much money in that right now. But, but um, you know what I mean? Like, Why did you do this? Like, Didn't you just do this for the love of music? So I, I'm tired in general. I guess as a blanket statement, I'm tired of hearing there's no um, money in music. I guarantee there's a way to make money. But you can't do it the old way. You can't, this ain't 1989, okay? There's no label that's going to give you millions of dollars to make an album, and you're not going to be on The Tonight Show and on MTV. Well, here we are recording again, a continuation. We had a little bit of a problem last night. The recording device stopped. I don't know if Eddie Trunk said a electro uh, burst when he heard me earlier talk about how uh, a metal cast needs to be on I don't know. Something happened, man. I don't know what that hell happened.
1: <laughs> it had to be that. It, blame
0: it on the winner. How about that? Yeah. Hey. You know what, man? I'll blame it on the rain, like Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I think from where from, I listened to, to where I was at, I was I was just going through a tirade about how artists, you know, they only, they're only in it for the money, a lot of them, and they won't make a new record because they say there's no money in it, and I don't agree with that concept. I'm, I'm still standing by what I said, but... Um, In the the realm of Sabotage, I wasn't aiming that at them, because with Sabotage, they've really been an inactive band in a lot of ways. So for them to come out with a new reunion album would be super cool, man. You get John Oliva, Zach Stevens, Doc Wackles, Chris Caffery, uh, Al Petrelli, Jeff Plate. Get all the guys who are still living and active. Oh, I forgot Johnny Lee Middleton on bass. So get all those dudes together, do that reunion album, man. I'm in. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, I think it would be lucrative for them, actually. I think it'd be an awesome thing, and especially if they all came together having the momentum of PSL. That'd be cool, dude. Yeah. I'm on board with that one.
0: Let's hear your number four again. <laughs> all right, hey, no problem, dude.
1: All right, number four was a rat reunion with Piercy, Warren, Blotts, one and maybe Jakey Lee. Ooh. So um, you got pretty much the original guys. You got Jake from the Mickey Rat days. You got the four original other dudes that are they have the rat swing. It's in Blotzer, there, and you got Warren bopping around. You know, Piercy's looking good these days. He's sounding good. At one point, I was thinking he was going down the line of Don Dock and Vince Neil in terms of his <laughs> live performance, but... He's making it happen. I mean, you watch the YouTube videos, he sounds pretty damn good. The other idea I had, and this um, started when, when Malcolm Young died and ACDC still wanted to go out on tour, I was thinking how thrilled a guest guitarist per city would be. And I think that would probably hold true with Keeping Up Robin's legacy and RAT, and you'd have a lot of really probably quality, respected guitar players that would love to join RAT for a night, depending on what city they're in, you know, line it all up before the tour starts, and have that be a little carrot dangling for the fans of, hey, we got Joe Satriani playing uh, Robin's parts tonight, or uh, you know, Carlos Cabazo, or someone like that. You know, so I think that'd be a, another little cool attention grabber. But you know, having the, the Jakey Lee name in there wouldn't be so damn bad either.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Having Jakey Lee uh, with Rat, I mean, that that sounds killer. And let's face it, man. Rat, the, the majority of the guys, uh, main guys, are still alive. We're running out of time with a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? It, it could get to the point where yeah. somebody, God forbid, somebody gets sick or something happens. So if they're going to do it, they probably want to act on it. I think they should act on it in 23, man. If, if that's your wish, I say, may your wish be granted. Let's hear it, man. Let's, yeah, well, it rat is. reunion. Let's go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, my number four, it's somebody I'm always talking about. So, no big shock here uh Yngwie. I want Ingve to come out I want him to get a real singer he had his time now he's done his instrumental stuff and he's done his he sang the blues and he's done some of the vocals and that's cool hopefully he, he got it out of his system but this year I'd like to see him do a get back to the roots man do an old school album something like Trilogy Odyssey Eclipse something in that vein and I'm not saying he's got to oh, yeah. get back Joe Lynn Turner. He's got to get back Jeff Scott Soto or any of those guys. He doesn't have to, but he's got to get somebody of that caliber. You know what I mean? And really focus oh, yeah. on, the, on the songs because uh, that's the thing I like about him. I know a lot of people love his guitar playing. A lot of guitar nerds like Ingve but. I just dig those songs. And when it's a killer band, like the Johansons in there and uh, all the killer singers, and Ingve and, and obviously is a great musician, but that's what I'm looking for. I want Ingve to come back, get true to form, do kind of like an old school kind of album that he's known for, and uh, just do it, man. I'm ready.
1: Yeah. I, again, I got to credit you for getting me re-engaged in my Yngwie love. I've been cranking the 80s albums and mostly Eclipse, Fire and Ice, and the one with Matt Levin singing, like, dude, is yeah. it Face the Animal? Like, yeah. they're Facing the Animal, is was called? Yeah, that, well, of course, and the Becerra stuff, but I've kind of always liked it like that. But I totally agree, because Ingue's most solid songs aren't the Guitar Virtuoso songs, they're the Teasers, and uh, uh, Bedroom Eyes, mm-hmm. and Making Love, and all those great songs, dude. Like, those are the ones that hooked me, and those are the ones that I'm just, I can't get enough of. I wake up singing those songs, man. So I couldn't agree more. That would be a very wise choice by that dude.
0: Yeah. But hey, if they could bury the hatchet and do like an album where like all the old school guys come back for like one track, because if you go back to his catalog, he did Inspirations, and that was all covers of like people that he was was into, like he did Kansas, and he did um, a lot of Deep Purple and all that kind of stuff, Rush. He did a lot of different interesting stuff, and all, like Joe Lynn is on it, um, Jeff Scott Soto, I think Mark Bowles is on it. I haven't listened to it in a long time, and I'll be honest, I've never really been super into that album because they are covers some of them are cool but a whole album of covers sometimes you know it's hit or miss but uh he did kind of rekindle the relationships with a lot of those guys so it it could happen again man look we've said before money talks so if there was some money involved i think people would jump at it well
1: he could sell a few jaguars it'd be fine
0: (laughs) all right man (laughs) what's your number three
1: all right number three I got Shadow King, and I got them cut, coming out with their cutting room floor material that's rumored to be out there. So uh, I've talked about Shadow King a few times, man. Like, this is one of those bands that came out at the wrong time, but they had Lou Graham, they had Vivian Campbell. I mean, they had the the stars in the band, and the album was very solid, killer hard rock album with Lou Graham on vocals. Because Florida tends to be a little bit poppy at times, and this definitely wasn't, and it was it showcased his hard rock qualities. It was, it was amazing. Um, I have heard a couple of interviews of, with Lou Graham and he talks about shadow King, uh, very fondly. And, uh, he believes the same as we do that, that album should have been huge. And, uh, thinks very highly of it. And he does have unreleased material that was fully recorded and produced that just didn't make the cut. So if that could never see the light of day, dude, sign me up. I'll pay whatever it takes to hear that shit. That's, That's going to be some quality
0: music. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Shadow King on the 1991 episode, and I think it's a great album. It was a late discovery. I remember probably just a few years back, um, I I got a hold of the cassette, and and I'll admit I had a car that had a cassette player, and I I was jamming on that, and uh, it was so cool. I think sometimes when you get those guys that have the killer voice, and put him into like a little bit of a heavier realm than they're used to. Not that Shadow King is like super heavy, but it's definitely a little bit heavier than Foreigner, and it works, man. His, yeah. his voice worked, and the stuff that Vivian Campbell was doing really worked. And yeah, it was just, it was bad timing if that would have came out. And look, we've t- said this a lot of times too. If that was uh, nineteen eighty eight, or maybe even in nineteen ninety, it could have fared a little bit better, but. You know, 91 is a strange creature of a year, and it just, it wasn't, it didn't pan out. But if there's some rejects or leftovers hanging around, I, w- I would definitely like to hear them.
1: Well, yeah, and then I was listening to that Eddie Trunk interview recently, and Lou Graham was saying that they the record company intentionally didn't promote that album to force him back into the money-making forum, uh, okay. which is probably a huge
0: reason why that album didn't do anything. So... And it's a shame that uh, money talks. <laughs> well, that's funny that you say that because uh, I just put out a episode, and not, this is a shameless promotion here, but I put an episode out uh, on, on Spotify, and some of it had been on YouTube before about 1991. It just was showing all the guys were talking about what happened to their careers in that year and everything. And the thing that stands out with you just saying that is Bill Leverty from Firehouse. So, They Mm -hmm. were making the album in 91, and then by 92 it came out, and it was that at that point, it had totally changed over. And he explained how Columbia, their new um, bread and butter was uh, Pearl Jam, not Firehouse. So they were told when they put out that album, Hold Your Fire, they said we're not going to put much money into this. I think The way he worded, I think they said they weren't going to put any money into it to to really promote it. So it's funny that you say that. Something, now that... You make two. There's a couple of valid points to think about. Did they just want to force um, foreigner to get back together, or and also was it just like, well, grunge is out now. This really isn't going to fare very well. So you know, good luck. You know, I mean, I feel like that's what they did to a lot of people. Oh yeah.
1: All right. Without being there, it's pretty easy to tell that that's probably exactly what
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, number three, my favorite band, but. Always good news that I spread on here, and I want for number three. I want Kiss to end, man, officially retire. Do what is what was promised. Now you know, I I would be out. Hey, I saw the farewell tour in 2000, and uh, it's still going right. The farewell tour is still going today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I mean I get it. They you know they they decided they wanted to come back, and sometimes they rationalize. Well, that was just a farewell to Ace and Peter. I don't I don't buy into that bullshit. It was you know it's a money game. And right now, they've kind of hit some roadblocks. Okay, so the tour started in 19, and then COVID came in 20, and it kind of sidelined this tour for probably a year and a half at least. Uh, But now we're getting to the point where a tour that started in 19, uh, it really should be wrapping up by 2023, in my opinion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much controversy that surrounds this tour Mm -hmm. because it is rumored that Paul does not sing all the songs and that it's it's piped in vocals from um you know and he's lip syncing it and there's been different videos that show times where he, he messes up and he's not you know in front of the mic or whatever so you know i'll give him a pass in some respects that you know okay you know you're getting older you can't do what you need to do you got to do a one more proper send off but i just don't want to see this thing you know drag out for another two years wow there was a spot in ohio that we didn't get to go to so we're gonna be like i just don't want to hear like this bullshit of like we missed this place we got it we got to go over here so just end it and one thing i want to mention is i really feel that kiss was in a kind of an interesting place uh pre-reunion in 1995 they were celebrating their history they did the convention tour they were playing acoustically playing a lot of deep tracks And that's something that came up uh, earlier in the podcast. We talk about deep tracks. And that was something that Kiss kind of catered to around. If you listen to the Unplug album, that's pretty much all deep tracks until you get to the few reunion songs that come in at the end. But, I thought that was a cool era, and I think that's an era that KISS could probably relive, you know, if they got back to, it like, you know, let's let the 70s make up. Let's put that thing to rest with this end-of-the-road tour. And then, if, like I said, if we want to do some specialty box sets or do some acoustical shows or, you know, convention tours, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But I think, you know, being 72 and pretending that you're, you know, you try to act like you're 25 – it's not feasible. Uh, sometimes it comes across to some as kind of weird. And, you know, look, at man, God bless them. They, for their age, they do incredible stuff. I'm not trying to, to knock them. But even themselves, in 2000, it said they don't want to be that band that stayed at the party too long. And if you're piping in vocals yeah. because you can't sing, you you probably chances are that means you've stayed at the party a little bit too long. So, I think uh let let's just let's end it and and move on and do some different kinds of things and um one thing I remember from last night from the original chat, you asked me yeah. about if I what I thought about, you know, a KISS or any of these bands kind of continuing with minimal members or any of that kind of stuff. And I don't really wanna see that. Uh I don't I don't wanna see right. Gene and Paul be replaced with some other dudes. I don't wanna see four young guys wear their old costumes and and try to recreate 1977 i don't want to see that either there's a lot of awesome tribute tribute bands out there you know let them take care of that uh i probably wouldn't be opposed to taking the kiss idea and bringing it to a new era and real quick give us i'll give this as an example okay Everybody knows what the incredible Hulk looked like in 1970s and early 80s when he was on TV, right? With Lou Ferrigno. You yes. know, it was a guy that was painted up green, okay? And he and he wore a green wig. And in the 70s and 80s that was pretty cool. But if you put that up against yeah. what we're dealing with today, mm, you know, not really that cool. So like if and when you look at Marvel movies, Marvel's done a really good job of bringing, you know, their product into the new era. So I think if you could somehow bring Kiss, take that concept and maybe modernize it, make it a little bit more edgy and scarier, like it used to be in the '70s when people thought, you know, Gene was drinking blood and killing chickens and whatever, you know, whatever weirdness <laughs> yeah. they thought was happening. You know, same thing with Alice Cooper. We all know now Ozzy, all these guys. We know who they are. We know they're pretty you know, laid-back dudes, but if we could do something with Kiss and kind of bring it to the new era and also maybe make it a little bit edgier and, and kind of dangerous, I would be down with seeing something like that. So my Kiss tirade yeah. is over.
1: <laughs> no, and and that is something that um, both Mickey Six and Gene Simmons talked about at one point is that. It was, do we carry on the name and let the process take its course and one member is remaining and there's three non original obviously and that last member fades away and you got four guys that never had anything to do with the original KISS and they're carrying on as Kiss. Yeah. And that was something Gene wanted to have to see happen. Yeah. And Nikki's talked about it too and here we are with Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer and here we are with John Five. Yep. You know, Mick is still with us, thank God, but he obviously can't continue on tour. Hopefully, if they make a new album, mix and Ball. But that's a little different. The rest of the guys in Motley are still relatively young-ish
0: and in good health.
1: So it's a tough one because there's a lot of people out there that would probably be stoked to have their kids and their grandkids at this point see Kiss or Motley, regardless of who the people are, as long yeah. as they look and sound the part. But for diehards such as yourself and me for Motley, I think it would be kind of a disservice. So... It'd be a very mixed bag of people in the crowd, so I'm right there with you. It's a tough one. And And um, reunion co- uh, tour-wise, I think the Who started their reunion tour of the year I was born in 1981, and they
0: still had it too. While you were talking, I, I thought of one more thought, and, and, and here's here I'll play devil's adv- advocate against what we both just said. So, two yeah. bands, two bands come to mind: Foreigner with Kelly Hansen. And oh, yeah. um, Journey with Arnell And those guys both really kick ass And I don't know if the original guys Could really pull off what those guys do You know what I mean So I I don't know And I think it's it's pretty um, It's still marketable and believable With these other guys in there So I don't know, you know I guess I'd have to see it To really make a final determination on it
1: Well it's interesting Because I thought of Foreigner When you said that And I'm glad you brought it up So Mick Jones only comes out For a couple songs per night so, the uh, forerunner, 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 is doing exactly what we're talking about right now, and executing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still playing big shows. I mean, what they opened for uh, wasn't it Journey, Def Leopard, or whatever that? It was a stadium tour. So there's there's forerunner out there being forerunner with yep. Kelly Hansen and Jeff Wilson, etc., etc. And there's no one from the original band other than Nick playing a couple songs. -hmm. So they're kind of executing it and, but let's be honest, short of Lou Graham and Mick Jones, I can't name another member of Foreigner and I'm pretty good on my members of bands from that era. So (laughs)
0: maybe maybe that's why. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, man. So you, this would be your number two. What's your number two wish?
1: Yep, my number two is similar to yours. It's my main men in ACBC. I would love to see a 50th anniversary tour for ACBC because they came out with Power Up in the height of COVID and obviously didn't tour. And Brian Johnson is back in the band. And they had Brian coming out on some tribute shows, that Taylor Hawkins show he played.
0: Yep. yep. And
1: he sounded good, you know. Um, He's never going to be nor anybody will be the Brian Johnson of 1980 recording the soaring vocals of Back in Black and listening to Hell's Bells go up and up and up and up and you go, holy shit, this guy's never going to get the top of his range. No one can do that again. He won't do it again ever, especially. But if AC/DC come out one more time, and I, I believe that this should be their farewell tour, if it occurs, um, and here's me being the, the biggest fan, I... I think it's time. You know, the guys are in their 70s. And uh, it's probably time to hang it up. I think Brian Johnson could pull it off. I know Angus could pull it off and the rest of the fellas. But I'd love to see it. And it would be massive. And it would be stadiums. Yep. And I'd definitely be there. So, one more go-round for these fellas, and I think we call it a day and remember the good old times.
0: Yeah, I definitely think ACDC's got to do a 50th and just do it, do it one more time. Go out big. Go out on top. And then... You know, maybe Angus can uh, put on some pants instead of some little little schoolboy shorts. He can retire the schoolboy shorts, put some pants on. <laughs> My wife's got some
1: self-tanner that he might want to invest in. That. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so number two, and this is one where the guys – they're alive and kicking. They just uh went out on tour over, last summer and really wowed a lot of people and, and and turned a lot of heads, man. And it's poison. We need one more high quality legit poison album. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Holly, oh, Holly Weird and Power to the People or whatever the hell it's called just wasn't cutting it, man. It was not up to par with what Poison's all about. We need, you know, good production, real producers, and we need to, you know, come up with something that shoots in the middle. You know, kind of has elements of look With the cat dragged in, flesh and blood. Um, uh, open up and say uh, all those kind of morphed into one. Might want to stay away from native tongue. I like it, but I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's what they're known for. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, we need one more real high quality poison album. Nothing against what Brett does uh, on his own. I know he does. He does fairly well as a solo artist, but. There's just something about Poison, man. It's a cool dynamic. Everybody knows all the guys. and uh, Just one more. One more cool Poison album.
1: Dude, yeah, that'd be killer. And then listening to recent interviews, Brett, those guys have all put their troubles behind them in terms of their personal relationships, and they seem to be getting along really well. They had a wonderful time on tour, and they played great, they sounded great, and they stole the show on many occasions, on many stops. They stole the show. And here's me being a massive death record and Motley fan, saying that, and Poison, of course, as well. But I think it'd be killer, dude, if they could hark back to uh, like when we were talking about. So tell me why? Yeah, you know, you got you got a song like that that was, I wouldn't say updated for today's standards, but in '91, that was a little bit more forward-thinking song for Poison, but it was yeah. still killer with that catchy as shit bridge. Yeah, and. You know, they could use that that formula that like Van Halen used when they did Human Beings, because yep. they came out and they had this updated sound from their typical Van Halen after the Balance tour, and they came out Human Beings. People were like, oh shit, this is a really good direction for Van Halen. Yep. And that's the same thing Poison could do. They could use that and be like, all right, let's stick with the people that that made us huge, appease them with a just a hint of update, just yep. a little bit, you yeah. know, just sprinkle yeah. it in there. But but give me that flesh and blood. Give me the ball and chain. Give me the love on the rocks. But just spruce it up a bit, you know. Make yep. it 2023. I think it'd be great. I think Brett's busy this year with that party draw thing, which is a, a mixed bag of artists. Could be cool, I don't know. But um, I think it, I, I'm behind it. That'd be great.
0: All right, man. What is your final wish for 2023?
1: All right. My final wish is for bands to finally release pro shot footage from the back in the day that I know exists but isn't officially out so let me explain so my first example would be the Texas Jam 1986 you had Teal, Dio, Crocus BTO I think Poison was 86 or 87 um, because they were with Aerosmith that year but you see all these MTV commercials with several cameras professionally shot uh, promoting this show you have live albums by Focus released from this very show and it's not out there and that's actually how I started looking this up because I wanted to see the footage of the album called alive and screaming that came out in 86 and I said oh it's from the Texas jam 86 oh cool I bet it's out there somewhere so I scoured YouTube wasn't there wasn't there oh I see these videos uh, promotions. Commercials, MTV, boom, Pro Shop stuff showing Dio and Keel and Crocus and these bands and this high quality camel work, and I go, oh, it's got to be there somewhere. So I, I sent it out there to the singer for Crocus, and he basically responded on Facebook and just said, "Dude, if you can find it, you let me know. I don't know where it is." So I emailed Ron Keel, and I never heard back.
0: Hmm. But <laughs> that was he lost he lost his right that. to rock with that one. He didn't. He lost it.
1: Well, yes, exactly. So um, yeah, so there's that. But then, what really got me thinking on this was if it would be, if it's out there, if we could see some early Motley Crew, every album professionally shot from Shout, Theater Girls, Feel Good, Decade Decadence on of uh, an entire set opening for Ozzy playing headline arenas. There's got to be pro fi- pro shot footage out there that they could put out and make it an official release, whether it be a uh, digital form or DVDs a little bit old or whatever now. But I'm just saying, dude, if you could have that, I'd pay for it. And even better would be behind the scenes studio footage. I mean, yeah, dude, I'd pay a hundred bucks to see an hour of behind the scenes studio footage from Shot of the Devil. I mean, can you imagine how killer that would be? So just saying, man, that would be some cool stuff to come out this year
0: all right i got like a ton of thoughts about all this i gotta to try to condense it okay thought number one okay um kiss did a really good job with this uh quite a few years ago they did kissology and they put out all their stuff pro shot and a lot of people had a lot of this stuff as bootlegs and with a lot of us collectors thought well this is this is it man there is nothing else out there but there are right. things out there and earlier in um or actually, maybe toward the end of 2022, there was this guy called Sam Loomis, and he kind of exposed this... Um, trading ring of bootleggers out there who were who, who basically people were buying this stuff but keeping it to themselves and there's probably a lot of money involved and he kind of exposed that scene and he put out the stuff and it didn't last long you know it got pulled from youtube and everything but it gave us this kind of hope as fans you know especially as kiss fans is like wow there is more stuff than what we thought and it probably exists for motley Crue and some others as well all right so thought number two This one's... I didn't think about this last night. I think I did, but I didn't say it. Okay. So I was going down the (laughs) the Queen wormhole for a while, and I got watching some of their shows. Their final tour uh, with Freddie was Kind of Magic Tour in 86. There are... Wembley is on video. I think Budapest is on video. But there's this other show that people... And I don't remember... Maybe Nebworth. I, I think it's Nebworth. Okay, Everybody says that this was the best they were ever on this tour. And oh, what yeah. ha- okay, and what yeah. happened was, and this could be, this is where I'm going with the Texas Jam thing. A lot of these things were being filmed, pro shot, and getting fed through uh, the video screens. Okay, so what was happening though at the time is nobody ever thought to save this this stuff. So either it wasn't even oh. being recorded at all. Or it just got shit-canned after the show. And somebody, I was digging, like I said, I was really going down the wormhole. And somebody actually reco- had a, a camcorder and recorded the screen off from that boot, from that uh, Nebworth show. And it was really cool. Oh, yeah. But once again, the quality was a little bit lacking. So you know that in some cases when these things were shot and there was video feeding through the screens, this may or may not be recorded. And then thought three, right? is this crap could be in some little, small, shitty television station somewhere in Bumbleweed, friggin' Texas. Or so, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah, stuff could totally. be, it could be archived somewhere and the people at the station don't think anything of it or they don't even know. So I guess back to the original thought is that you, you never give up hope. This stuff could get unearthed and it'll be freaking wild when it does. So, Yeah,
1: and it's like, how long could you be keeping this in your back pocket. Like if you're Nikki Six and you're going, Okay, just just hold on a a couple more years and we're gonna release the shout video, it's like No, dude, but it would be out by now. So I think you're you're hitting it on the head with maybe they don't even know it exists. And in terms of like Shout at the Devil studio, dude, I mean, first of all, again it would be epic to see, but did they even have a, a video camera rolling around? Did they even give a shit? Was it even a, 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 invented to the point where they could hold it and, and video one <laughs> another? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So it, it would just be awesome to see, obviously, because let's face it, that there was probably the, the best and most amount of debauchery going on at that time. It would <laughs> be so
0: cool to see. Dude, if they're going to do a, a really... It should be done this year because if you think about it, they're never going to get any higher in popularity than they are right now. You know what I mean? I think it's all downhill from here. So they got lucky. When they released The Dirt and that thing exploded, there was a resurgence of Motley Crue. This tour broke records, so people are still interested. But, you know, it could kind of dwindle back to maybe where it was before The Dirt where, you know, there's a lot of Crue fans, but it's not on younger kids' minds and back in the minds of uh, people who saw him back in the day they really captured everybody's attention and I don't know how long that's going to last So exactly alright well speaking of Motley Crue Stop, my number one oh. is I want a, uh, I, I'm like a broken record right all I want is a new <laughs> tr- true to form record and I want one for Motley Crue just one more. Yeah. You know, I feel like we've had, you know, almost like I feel like in some respects the six AM vibes like kind of bleed into Motley Cruz music. Like when you listen to some of the singles and maybe even parts of um, Saints of Los Angeles, I feel like there's a foreign sound in there that doesn't belong. And I think it's because he wrote those songs with didn't he write them with some of them with one of the guys from 6 a.m.? I don't know. I'll have to look at the songwriting credits, yeah. but I, I think I'm right. And, you know, there's rumors that DJ Ashba played the, all the rhythms and everything on that album. So let's just cut through the bullshit. Let's do, like, a straight-up album that pretty much is in the vein of Too Fast to Dr. Feel Good, somewhere that, you know, that covers all that. Motley Crue has tried yeah. this. I think they tried this with New Tattoo. And it came to with mixed results. I, I like some of it, and some of it I don't like. You know what I mean? So, right? So I don't know, but I, I would really like to hear Motley Crue just do one more banger of an album that is true to what they're about. I know it can be. T- I know it can be done, man. Nikki Sixx just is a great writer, and, and he can get back to his roots. And you think sometimes you know when you're out there doing it and you're playing these songs like you feel it you think it'd be like in your blood like you you'd be able to produce something like this but on the flip side man i'm going to use the classic example of of kiss coming off the reunion tour created the turd Psycho Circus. You know what I mean? So, so sometimes <laughs> you think like, oh, shit, man, original Kiss. This is going to be so good. And it really wasn't good. And it didn't even have the original guys on it. So people can, can screw it up big time. And that could happen with a new Crew album. I'm also interested to see what we th- could do with John 5. Could John 5 bring an element to the band that was never there or maybe kind of help them get back to their roots a little bit? So... I'm just curious. Just one more kick-ass Motley Crue album. That's that's my wish.
1: Yeah, dude. If they could get back to the Primal Scream. Yeah. Angela, Rock and Roll Junkie. And then fast forward to the New Tattoo era, which I like. Um, They had some very true-to-form Hollywood endings Those yep. kind of like, you know, uh, Don't Go With mad type songs. And Punched In The Teeth and stuff like that. So... I think they could make it happen. I don't know if Tommy would let it happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think he's just a little too set in his new school chasing that like the the current thing yeah. wave and yep. I think it would probably make the album
0: suck. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. You got to cut all I, that shit I, out of there. You can't have any of that modern metal or rap metal that can't be in there it just can't
1: no dude if you could get back to it and like you know in the in the original motley era people really liked the direction they got to when they hit primal scream yep Like that that is a lot of motley fans favorite and they definitely increased in their creativity and kind of their exploration and they started getting a little harder and Vince was a little bit more raspy versus squeaky and it sounded killer, dude. And I think they could do that again and capture that magic because those songs on uh, the new songs from decade are some of my favorites. Like I I really, really like Angela and rock and roll junkie and of Mm -hmm. course primal scream. So if they could do that and then even a little bit of the saints of Los Angeles, the song, yeah. which I like. That's, That's a good like song. the song that I like on that album the most. No yep. wonder it was a single, but if they could make it happen, I think it would, they could, like you're saying, utilize the momentum they have right now, and it would probably be somewhat successful.
0: Yep. I agree, man. Well, we had some killer ideas. I really hope some of them happen. I think some of them very well may. I think some are a little far-fetched. <laughs> it will not happen. Yeah, I'll be shocked if we see Vito Brada crawl out of the gutters in, <laughs> in, in, in 2023, man. But I, I welcome him with, with open arms. I hope it happens.
1: You know what, dude? For a lot of people that are fans of what we're fans of, I guarantee you that they feel the same way as us. And I'm telling you, dude, it may be a wish list for us. But these bands and these guys should probably pay attention and be like God is this really what they want okay let's do it it could me some money
0: (laughs) it's interesting
1: you make an interesting
0: point I, I think think some of them are out of touch with what the fans want I really do
1: yeah dude absolutely
0: well hey I appreciate you coming back tonight and finishing this thing up I knew we had we had a killer vibe going and I knew we could get right back into it and we did and we probably even came up with cooler shit than what we had uh last night so always always fun always a pleasure <laughs> all right buddy have a good night well that was a fun one i hope you enjoyed lots more cool episodes coming this year Raka.